we had the best interview ever. Samuel L. Jackson was phenomenal. And we actually did talk about lots of personal things. Things that the publicist said I couldn't ask, I ended up asking. But of course, not right away, a little bit later in the interview. And then what happened was that Samuel L. Jackson turned the interview around on me. The Matt Brown Show. This is the Matt Brown Show. So today I want to talk to you about the power of having a personal brand. You know, when I started this podcast, it was called the Digital Kung Fu Show. But as you now know, it's called the Matt Brown Show. And since I rebranded the show, it has literally 10x'd the listenership. But more importantly, I now enjoy multiple income streams from the reputational equity that my podcast has created. For example, I regularly speak at conferences and at companies around the country telling my story. And the Matt Brown Show has led to the formation of Matt Brown Media, where we help businesses create their own podcasts or shows. And I attribute a lot of my deal flow to the personal brand behind the company itself. There, of course, is a reason why it's called Matt Brown Media. I've kind of learned the lesson, right? And so this has all happened since I decided to stick my actual name into the name of my show. So you can trust me when I say that the power of a personal brand should not be underestimated in business. So to help you understand how to build a personal brand of your own, I reached out to Jen Sue, the TV and radio presenter who shares with me her tips on personal branding for entrepreneurs and she shares her personal challenges and experiences that she's encountered building her own massive personal brand and more specifically the way entrepreneurs can better handle difficult interviews, social media challenges and crises and how to approach media training and PR to better focus your personal brand. Now, Jen has worn many professional hats from financial news anchor on Business Day TV and Sky News' The African Business News, as well as a former pop star with five albums released in Asia. She is also a master networker and socialite, having graced celebrity red carpets all the way from Cannes Film Festival in France to the New York Fashion Week to the MTV Europe Music Awards. On top of this, she has interviewed diverse international personalities such as Oprah Winfrey, Samuel L. Jackson, Tiger Woods, and Bill Clinton. So I sent Jen some questions over in China, and she was happy enough to send me back her answers. So without further ado, enter Jen Su. Hi, Matt. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. The headline is TV and radio presenter, author of the book From Z to A Lister, How to Build Your Personal Brand, which has been featured in Forbes Africa, Entrepreneur Magazine, The Sunday Times, and is available on Amazon.com. I am also a former TV news anchor on Business Day TV and Sky News, the African Business Report, entertainment and fashion reporter for Fashion TV and People Magazine. I'm a social media influencer. I was born in the States of Chinese heritage and a proudly adopted South African. So what's the backstory? Well, I've moved around a lot, six places in the world to be exact, from the U.S., Taiwan, Thailand, Hong Kong, South Africa, and now China. I'm a devoted mom of two boys. Uh, I'm a pretty bad cook and driver. 
I need a GPS just to get around the office. And I'm fluent in English, Mandarin, Chinese, and Thai. Uh, when I was a teenager, I won the equivalent of Taiwan Idol, and I've released five albums as a Chinese pop star. I love social events, and I've got had the honor uh, of attending red carpets from the Cannes Film Festival to the BET Awards, London Fashion Week, Paris Fashion Week, the MTV EMAs, as well as many, many other events. What was the greatest lesson your father ever taught you? The greatest lesson that my father ever taught me was to be humble and to respect others. In my book, I talk about my experience as a young girl visiting mainland China just after it was open to the West in the early 80s. Um, my dad went to Harvard Medical School, and he was a very prominent professor, um, and he was very well known in the medical field. And he was invited to speak in many cities around China, and we were in Shanghai, actually, uh, when I was a little girl. And I was at this special government banquet with my parents. So they had like all this eel and fungus and weird delicacies at the table um, that they serve family style, and the government officials kept piling food on my plates. Now, remember, I was a little girl. I had been through a long day of just running around Shanghai. I had... Uh, been very exhausted and I really reached my wits end when they put mushrooms on my plate. You've no idea how much I hate mushrooms. The stench of the mushrooms was making me so ill and I just screamed out in Chinese, it means I don't want any more food. And my dad was so shocked. He just looked at me in horror, but he So he got up, he calmly walked over to me, grabbed my arm, and he made me leave the table. And he said in the next room, Jennifer, you are never to disobey your elders again. And he made me apologize to everybody in the room. Um, You know, they didn't really listen to me. And I wish I could just sink into an iPhone and just, you know, disappear, but I couldn't. I was just sitting there and I felt so dumb. I, I was so upset. But you know what? I watched my dad offer his own humble apology, and I watched the way he calmly handled the whole situation to ensure that no one lost face. He was not afraid to apologize, and he always treated everyone around him as his equal. And I will never forget that. My father passed away when I was in high school, and I will always remember his principles of respect, courtesy, and equality. When you think about all the celebrities that you've met over the years, who has been the most interesting celebrity that you've ever met? Oprah Winfrey. Now, Oprah, of course, is incredibly engaging. Oprah Winfrey is full of life. She's bubbly. She's just spot on. She's someone who you just know it's going on. Even when it's not going on for her, she knows how to portray and channel that energy and focus it so that when you see her, you're like, wow, this woman is so engaging and I want to have a part of her. I want to meet her. I want to talk to her. So there's something about her. She exudes not only in the way she articulates and expresses herself, but also in the way she's always thoroughly prepared. When she interviews people, she's always done her research, and she has a special way of making you feel like you are the only person in the room with her, and you are the most important person in the room, and she's just talking to you. I think that is a very special quality that one has. 
Immediately when I met Oprah Winfrey and I met her in Johannesburg at the Gallagher Estates, we talked about our magenta outfits. The first thing she said, wow, I love your outfit. Look at this color. And I said, yes, you're wearing the same color as me. And we just, we hit it off from there. And of course, then she heard me speak and she says, wow, where are you from in the States? I said, I'm from Philadelphia, you know, and there we go. We broke the ice. Um, you know, she was the child of a single mother. She had to deal with her own pregnancy at the age of 14 and lose losing her child in infancy. You know, she really knew how to take what was originally a very difficult background and turn it into a incredibly successful story. She's now one of the richest African-American women in 20th century. So, I mean, in the 21st century, I should say. But I mean, she also wrote this book, What I Know for Sure. And she says that what I know for sure is that every day brings a chance for you to draw in a breath, kick off your shoes, and step out and dance, to live free of regret and filled with as much joy, fun, and laughter as you can stand. You can either waltz boldly onto the stage of life and live the way you know your spirit is nudging you to, or you can sit quietly by the wall, receding into the shadows of fear and self-doubt. So, I mean, she's just one of those people that really gets you thinking. And she used TV as her medium uh, for not only making people share their feelings and displaying their emotions, but also as a platform for giving back, uh, for being a crusader for education and being outspoken about her issues. And I think, you know, that is a pretty amazing thing that she's done. What has most contributed to the growth of your celebrity status? The one thing that has most contributed to the growth of my so-called celebrity status, and look, celebrity, I mean, what or who is a celebrity? So, okay, let's say hypothetically my celebrity status. The internet and social media by far is the most important thing. And it started with Facebook when Gareth Cliff asked me if I wanted to join. Uh, I'd never been on Facebook before, and I didn't even know how to go about Facebook. Actually, it was Gareth that got me on it, and I thank him for that. And funny enough, um, when I got on 5FM with him, I ended up filling three profiles of Facebook. And from there, it went on to Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, WeChat, YouTube, and much, much more. Now, my biggest platform was on 5FM with Gareth Cliff. He was the presenter of Gareth Cliff Mornings. I was his Hollywood reporter for seven years, every Wednesday, chatting celebs, what was happening in the international showbiz arena. And what I love is even now when I tell people, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I was on 5FM with Gareth Cliff. They like, oh, yeah, of course. I remember you talked about the Hollywood celebrities, your voice, you know, that Jen Sue. I like, oh, my gosh, you know, I totally remember. So... It's pretty interesting. You know, I had a five minute, 10 minute slot. It was a short, short slot once a week, but people remembered. And that is the thing. You can make an impact. You take whatever platform you have and you make an impact from it. How does one become a celebrity? You have to show that you're really good at one thing. For me, it was getting the lowdown on the Hollywood celebrity scene. Another important thing is to practice being really good at what you do. So extensive research, doing it in a creative way that stands out and getting people to remember you. 
learning from those who inspire you, finding someone who you can collaborate with or bounce ideas off in the industry is very helpful. Finding a mentor or life coach and someone who can advise you and guide you. So remember, when you market yourself, there is the person that you are at home and that we all are at home. We've got the frumpy you and we've got the glamour you. You got your image and brand and your marketing is the awesome you, the amazing you. It's what you rock at. You put energy into that idealized person of yourself and you have to balance it with the off the stage version of who you are. So marketing yourself and being persistent is who you know and being persistent, creating content and creating an interest in what you do and your talents, what fresh information that you provide for others is extremely important. Why is having a great personal brand important for entrepreneurs today? So having a great personal brand is so important for entrepreneurs. You need the very basics of hard work, persistence, and building a great team around you. And the most important is to build your personal brand and your reputation. You need to be in good standing with your customers, your employees, your potential investors. So it's how you cultivate yourself over the years in your business and how you market yourself to others and what value you offer to other people and what you're best at. How do you connect with people? How do people feel about you? You know, sometimes the best entrepreneurs are the ones who listen. They build relationships. They find out about you. What are your needs? What are your problems? How can I help you? That's what people always do. People are always still to this day reaching out to me all the time. I need your help, Jen. What can I do to help you? What value can I offer you? How do you connect with them? How do they feel about you? So the best entrepreneurs are the ones who listen, who build relationships, and you have to pitch your professional knowledge so that it comes away. It comes across in a way that you can communicate and makes an impact. So your personal website, your blog, your book, managing your reputation is extremely important. How do you handle negative criticism? How do you handle someone who attacks you on Twitter? So you can handle this by keeping your personal brand intact. If you were an entrepreneur who was running a startup, how would you work with the media to grow your personal brand? Getting out there and working with social media and the media is extremely important in starting your business. You've got to be accessible and meet people. So that's the first thing. You've got to be face-to-face with them. You've got to attend industry conferences. You've got to network. You've got to interact with your followers. I mean, people used to make fun of me going to parties. Parties are the great place for me to get out, work my social media, and get on the media. There's plenty of television channels and radio networks that interviewed me. And so I'm saying that you use these opportunities to get yourself out there. If you're eating at the down and dirty noodle shop or you're biking on the weekends, you know, you can also do it in a way that um, shows you as a human. The human side of you is, is always important in a fun way. Pick up the phone, call people, interact with them. You know, everybody's always on their cell phones texting. Be different. You know, mix old school with the new technology. So writing a handwritten thank you note calling someone, saying, hey, I just want to 
come and have a coffee with you. And I know it sounds so cliche, but really it makes a big difference. Promoting yourself on TV, radio, podcasts, understanding your industry, keeping up to date on current affairs, the latest trends, being that source of breaking news or the go-to person in your field, using social media advertising, Facebook ads, Twitter ads, working with social media influencers to get your message across. That's also useful. Of course, be careful about who you're working with and what you are promoting, but those are all good ways to disseminate information and working with the media. Treat your media well. Listen to their needs. Be good to them. Feed them. Please feed them. (laughs) And remember, the random acts of kindness are very important. What have you learned about yourself in the process of building your own personal brand? You know, I realize that this is a lifetime of building, growing, networking, learning. I have been doing this for a long, long time. So when people ask me, how do you actually go about doing this? I've been doing this for a long time, babes. Okay, a long time. I read, I learn, I speak at conferences. Uh, I do interviews like I am with you, Matt. I collaborate with other industry leaders. I share my knowledge. I go one-on-one. I do all kinds of things that keep myself in the know and build my personal brand. And quite frankly, it can be exhausting. You know, I've had to do it so many times over and over, starting from the beginning, even now in China. I've had to rework my approach because here, Chinese social media is the way. So we're talking WeChat, Weibo, other Chinese social media that are, uh, you know, are other things that I've got to go through and learn. I've learned about myself. It takes time and I need to be patient, but I can do it. And the important thing is to let your true personality shine and your unique, authentic qualities show yourself as a real, genuine person. So I think about when I first got to South Africa. At the time, I was the only Chinese face with an American accent making a name for myself in the local industry. I became very, very strong. It took a long time for people to warm up to me, but it happened. And now in China, I'm doing the same thing all over again. In a different way, though. Now, funny enough, in China, not like in South Africa where I wasn't quite the so-and-so right skin color. Now in China, I am the right skin color. I do speak the language. I look like everyone else. So now, how do I stand out and be unique And the more I get out there, I realize I do have my unique qualities and I'm doing very well because I'm thinking about a lot of the things and tips that I'm giving you and I'm trying to incorporate that way in building my personal brand in a new environment. How important in your view is storytelling when it comes to building your personal brand? It is so important to be as genuine as you can. You need to tell your story with the personality of the brand. So for instance, with my book, From Z to A Lister, How to Build Your Personal Brand, not only did I offer a step-to-step guide on how to build my personal brand, but I talked a lot about my own story. I interspersed, you know, a chapter on Twitter tips or negative naysayers with my own story some of the very difficult moments that shaped my life from my father's death to the frustrations of moving to the temptation of vices in the entertainment industry 
to failure, starting over again so many times, anorexia and bulimia, the many times I was ridiculed in the press and scorned on social media. I can't tell you how you know, much of a beating I have taken in my life too, like we all have in our own ways. And I shared those stories because I wanted people to understand that we have so many challenges and obstacles in our path, but that we can still build our personal brand despite the hardship and difficulties. And people want to hear those genuine stories about you. So don't be afraid to share them. What are some do's and don'ts that entrepreneurs can apply when it comes to doing a media interview? Well, it's so interesting because I think for me, I'm, I've done it from both sides. I've been the journalist interviewing and I've been the one also in the interview taking the questions. First of all, don't get too bogged up in the semantics of the question. Sometimes we can get very defensive. If, for instance, okay, so the journalist says to you, why is your company struggling to achieve its sales target? So they use the word struggling. They, they kind of start on the offensive. Well, our first impulse is to go on the attack and get defensive. I mean, come on, you're like insulting my company. What do you do? No. What do you do? You turn it around, you make it a positive thing. You say, my company has made incredible strides in recent months to achieve its sales targets. And you go on to support how you are achieving. Think about three or four points you want to get across and don't waffle on. Sometimes you don't have enough time in the interview. Before you know it, time's up. No, get to the point. Be prepared. Have a few bullet points written down and look at them before you go on air. And then if you have to put the paper away somewhere, you can put it, you know, in back of you or whatever. But it's always good to look at those bullet points just before you go on air, just before you start the interview. Because sometimes we do blank out. We see everybody looking at us, the cameras. It does get a little bit, you know, complicated. So just be prepared. Don't forget to thank, be gracious, smile, look calm and relaxed. Look at the journalist straight in the eye. Do not look all over the room. On TV, it really comes out like you've got shifty eyes and you're not focused. Take a deep breath. <sighs> Pause. Relax. Try not to speak too fast so that you trip over your words. Articulate. And your voice should be a little bit, let's take it a pitch lower. Try not to use ums and ahs. You know, I get so annoyed when people go, ah, and uh Well, you'd be surprised how many people do that. And also the people that chew gum in an interview, it looks terrible. Do not, whatever you do, chew gum. Don't wear loud prints or heavy patterns if you're on TV. And it's always good if you're still new to doing TV interviews to video self. You know, put a cell phone your cell phone, put it on a ledge, kind of like a tripod to keep it upright and film yourself. Just let the camera go. Pretend you're in a mock interview and record how you answer, how you look, how you sound, how you project. Are you smiling enough? Are you smiling too much? You know, these are all good things to kind of gauge. And the best way is to use your cell phone as a tool Take pictures of yourself and take video of yourself and play it back and really take a hard look at how you're doing it and be prepared. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
Hey there, I know being an entrepreneur can be a very lonely experience. You sometimes get stuck, don't you? Well, if you're like me, being stuck sucks. But what if you could access the minds of over 850 CEOs who have built companies generating billions of dollars in revenue and access all of that knowledge in a fraction of a second? Well, the good news is you can literally do that today. What my team have built is Matt Brown AI. It is trained on all the interviews, over 850 of them that I've done to date, all my books, all the knowledge capital that has been generated over the last 10 years right here on the Matt Brown Show. And you can get access to all of that right now for free. So how do you get access to this? Well, head on over to mattbrownshow.com and at the top, you'll see community. Hit that link, sign up. It's absolutely free and you'll be given instant access to Matt Brown AI and a community of over 100,000 subscribers. The rest of the show is coming up shortly, but this is just a quick shout out to say that I've just launched a new podcast and show. That's right. It's called The Matt Brown Minute, and it's a show for storytellers, whether you're a brand or entrepreneur, and it gives you access to my tips and tricks from a branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship perspective, and in just one minute. And you can grab it right now at anchor.fm forward slash Matt Brown show. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M forward slash Matt Brown show or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. When should entrepreneurs work with a media relations or PR company? I think it's great to start reading up on this type of topic. The Media Training Bible by Brad Phillips is an excellent resource. Paying for PR is a risky decision in terms of guaranteed return on investment. No PR company can tell you for sure how any particular campaign is going to pan out. You just hope for the best and you hope that they've got proven results. Going at it alone is definitely an option, but also you need to have the manpower to write press releases, network, build relationships with the media, and think of interesting angles to pitch your story. So the PR company needs to understand your needs and can represent you in a way that fits your character and style. Who are their current clients? How much experience do they have? Have you done an online search to see if anything has ever been said negatively about them? Have they worked with the Guptas? Are they experts in fake news? Are they transparent? I mean, you've got to do your homework. In this day and age, it's so important that you find out as much as you can about them before you're going to work with them. And how much do they cost? I mean, you know, they're expensive. Now try to keep them on as short a retainer as possible. Because if they don't deliver within the first month, you should be able to can them and move on or find an exit clause of some sort so you're not stuck paying that retainer bill for four more months or five more months if they're just not delivering. What advice do you have for entrepreneurs who are not comfortable doing media interviews? Get comfortable or get a spokesperson for you who is comfortable with the media. Quite honestly, every single person in your company or who is working with you does need to be comfortable with the media. But of course, either yourself or your spokesperson really needs to do the following things. One is to know your three key messages and deliver them clearly, quickly, and with facts to back them up. The second thing is you've got to do your research. I talk about preparing, anticipate difficult questions, turn those difficult questions around, rephrase them positively, Back them up with statistics. Choose your words carefully. 
The third thing is to look sharp. Looks are everything as well. Be professionally dressed in a business suit, neat and clean, you know, neutral tones. Hair should be pulled back. Um, blot any oil in your face with some powder for men. Women should wear a little bit of light makeup and powder. You don't want to look like you're sweating profusely. You would not believe the number of men that say, oh, of course, I'm not wearing any makeup. Well, if you're on TV, it's nice to have a very light sprinkling of powder to at least soak up the oil because the oil really looks like sweat. And the worst thing is when you're trying to explain something and you look like you're in a terrible sweat, you actually look, well, just not very trustworthy. And it can be a negative thing for you. The next thing is to practice, practice, practice. I have mentioned this before. You've got to video yourself in a mock interview. How does your voice sound? You want to go lower, but you want to have feeling. You want to have passion. You want to have energy in what you're saying. Do not be monotonous. What about your hand gestures, your body languages? You know, are you crossing your arms in front of you and looking very standoffish? Are you waving and gesticulating like a mad person? It doesn't exactly look very good. And on TV, these things get exaggerated. And then your eyes need to be focused on the reporter. Do not dart your eyes back and forth, up and down and all around the room because it makes you look untrustworthy. How should an entrepreneur handle difficult questions in a media interview? Well, just as important as knowing what you should say in a media interview is what you shouldn't say. Okay, so do be careful. If you can ask for the questions in advance, that's always best so you can think about what you're going to say. Also, if you have any of your interviews or their interviews online, it's worth watching their interviews with other people so you can get an idea of their style. I mean, you know, obviously someone like Larry King, um, you know, these people have a certain style and way about them. And that's the way they're going to be with you. If they're going to be putting people on the spot, you can be sure they're going to do that to you. Try to turn an off-kilter question into a positive answer. Like I said before, let's say the media ask you a question from left field, maybe something like, what would the person who likes you least in the world say about you? It kind of seems negative in connotation, but it can be turned positive. So you can say that you're a stickler for deadlines, you're super detail oriented, you're perhaps over nitpicky, which can help to increase your esteem as a leader. Be prepared. Get someone to fire a few very difficult questions to you and practice speaking out loud. It is not good enough to say, okay, look, I know, okay, I see the answer. I see the questions. I've got the answers here. I know them in my head. No, speak them aloud like I'm doing right now to you, Matt. Talk about them and think about the words that you're going to use because I could think any number of things in my head and I could know everything. And then when I get out there and I speak it on TV with the lights and everything every, everywhere and people looking at you, I can just suddenly be at a complete loss for words. You've got to know how you're going to articulate and what choice of words are you going to use? When should entrepreneurs consider investing in formal media training? Well, you know, it used to be only the CEOs of companies who would go on TV or radio. Now, really everyone from the top down needs to be able to handle themselves, their personal brands, their company's reputation, and formal media training is a worthwhile investment. You've got to understand how to communicate your message. Understand when you should turn down a media interview. Make your interview count and articulate. You've got to be confident and strong in what you're saying. Not arrogant, but strong, but confident. Okay. You're not going to be, well, like, uh, 
yeah, you know, we're just trying to make it happen. No, that is not what you're going to say. You got to say, this is what we're doing and make an example. We have a goal of we are dedicated to, you're using these types of confident, strong words to get your point across. So, you know, looking good and handling all types of media formats, TV, radio, podcast, email, phone, blog, social media, vlogs, video sharing. I mean, there's just so much going on. You've got to be able to handle them all. How do you handle customer complaints? How do you handle the media in a crisis? Reputation management. When somebody, you know, makes that negative comment to you on social media, how do you respond? Or do you respond? You don't have to respond. Sometimes it's best not to give it the dignity of a response. How would you approach doing a live TV interview with the former president of America, Barack Obama? <laughs> well, I have to say, I would love to have that opportunity. And I have to say, I was a bit jealous of those YouTube stars and of South Africa's very own Trevor Noah going in there and interviewing Obama. You know, it wasn't long ago when Trevor and I were equals on the party scene in Joburg. So when I think of him going to the White House for that interview with Obama, I must say, I want to take over the mic myself. Barack Obama is an incredibly polished man and fabulous public speaker. He knows how to answer questions. He knows how to articulate. He knows how to deal with the media. So, you know, for me, it would be just really for me to prepare in advance a variety of questions related to politics, finance, throw in a few fun questions, you know, video games, Kardashians. What does he do with his time now that he's not in the White House anymore? And maybe ask him some questions about Trump. You know, um, who knows? I think with Barack Obama, you can just be totally spontaneous. If you only had time to ask Larry King one question, what would that be? I would definitely ask him, Larry, would you ever consider getting rid of your trademark eyeglasses? I'm sure he would say no. Have you ever had an interview that you were conducting just tank or bomb out? No, I've never had an interview bomb, but... You know, I've had per perhaps potential bombs. I remember an interview I did with Hollywood actor Samuel L. Jackson, and his publicist was really being difficult. We were there at the Saxon, beautiful hotel. The publicist was telling me I could not ask him this question. I couldn't ask him that question. I couldn't ask him about any personal things about his relationships. No photos allowed. I mean, she went on and on and on, and quite honestly... I was getting a bit annoyed because, of course, I prepared for this interview and I knew what questions I was going to ask him. And I had it all in my head how I was going to do it. And then she basically vetoed 80% of my questions. So I wasn't exactly happy about it. But what I did was I just nodded very politely. I said, sure, no problem. I got it. You know, always agree with a publicist. Don't, don't start a, an argument with them right away. And then you start to interview them. You start with something easy. You go into the film that they're here to film or, you know, obviously the main reason why they're here. You start out with that, you know, get to the point and they feel comfortable. And I think that they have a good rapport with me. I, I, I do come across as someone who knows my stuff, who is genuine about what I want to convey. And I'm not there to be malicious. We had the best interview ever. Samuel L. Jackson was phenomenal. And we actually did talk about lots of personal things. 
things that the publicist said I couldn't ask, I ended up asking. But of course, not right away, a little bit later in the interview. And then what happened was that Samuel L. Jackson turned the interview around on me. And I thought that was really quite funny. He thought it was quite interesting. Why was I in South Africa? Why was a Chinese American here doing this in the media industry? And he kept asking me questions, which I thought was really amusing, but I loved it. And it was more like a conversation rather than an interview. And at the end, I said, can we take a photo? And he said, of course, with pleasure. And there we were, snapping away. So, you know, just never take that no for an answer. Never worry when someone says you can't do something. You can. What books are absolute must-reads for entrepreneurs in your view? There are a couple of books out there that I highly recommend. Expert Mavericks, Conversations with Shireen Richter, which has been among the top sellers on Amazon.com. This book highlights a number of incredible South Africans from different walks of life. We know Casper Nyavest, the South African rapper. He talks about his journey from rags to riches. Innovator and private equity investor Rowan Swartz talks about he's uh, the created industries that he's created that didn't exist before in South Africa. And Pam Green, the founder of the nonprofit organization Second Chances, and the people that she has helped to go from no hope to a golden future. 13 South African business leaders who have shared their stories, which has been excellent inspiration for entrepreneurs. Another book I love is I'm In by Gil Oved Lebo. Polo, Vinny, and Vusi Tembequayo. I love this book. It's essential advice and excellent inspiration. Listening to podcasts like yours, Matt, is an excellent way to hear people's stories and be inspired by others. I love listening to entrepreneurs and um, the way that they go about how they are successful. What motivates you to be successful? I'm very fortunate that I have an innate drive and passion in what I do. I am meticulous and I will not stop till I get what I want. And I make sure that I prepare in every way possible. I'm, I'm such a thorough prepared person in whatever I do. Um, you know, I'm a corporate MC and that stands for master of ceremonies for a number of corporate gala dinners, events, launches, award ceremonies. And that has taught me to think on my feet and has given me the opportunity to practice speaking on stage, to develop confidence and the skills to present to the best of my ability. I take in great satisfaction when I can touch others around me and I watch how they react or if what I'm doing can help others in need, I feel motivated. I feel passionate about working towards that goal. And I'm very lucky, you know, I've lived in six places in the world very different languages, different cultures, different people, and I've had enough drive and determination to make it happen. I have had my moments where I feel like I'm going to break. I feel like I will not be able to go on. But I have some type of innate drive and desire, and I am not afraid of failure. I am not afraid of people trying to put me down out of spite or jealousy or just not knowing me. I'm not afraid. I think I have um, a pretty thick skin. And because of that, I can take the challenge of a new place head on. And I have been successful in every single place that I have moved. If you could have dinner with three people, living or dead, who would they be? I think they would be 
let me think about this, Lady Gaga, Sir Richard Branson, and Benjamin Franklin. Lady Gaga, of course, I want to know where she gets the inspiration for her outfits and her hats. I love her platform shoes. I love those Philip Treacy designs that she wears on her head, her music. How does she prepare before a concert? I, I saw her at the Cannes Film Festival, and I watched how she meticulously prepares. If you saw her at the Super Bowl halftime, she is a stickler for detail, and she is not afraid to get in there and practice as much as possible. She is not like Mariah Carey who goes and says, no, I'm just too good for this. I'm such a professional that I don't need to get up there and practice for the New Year's Eve ball dropping. No, Lady Gaga gets in there and she is meticulous no matter what performance it is. Sir Richard Branson would love to know more about his secrets and tips on entrepreneurship. And Benjamin Franklin, the American author, inventor, scientist, diplomat, and understanding electricity and lightning. And I think just about, you know, the, the generation that he grew up in, that old school way of being. And he just was such an eloquent speaker and inventor. What did he do and what do we need to keep in our day and age? What old school tradition do we need to keep uh, that will differentiate us from the rest? And I also talk a lot about my Asian graces, you know, in the book. So it's a combination of old school, looking at people in the eye when you talk to them and not always looking at yourself. And also the Asian tradition of gifting and showing thanks. This is all very important. If you could get into a time machine and go back to yourself as a 20-year-old, what one piece of advice about business or life would you give? Oh, my goodness, Matt. I think the, the, the advice that I would give myself, life is never a straight path and that I need to follow my passion. What is the one question that nobody asks you, but you wish they did? <laughs> the question that nobody ever asks me, but I wish they did is, can I trust you with all my money? Come on. I mean ask me this question. I'd say yes with pleasure. When you hear the word successful, who do you think of and why? I think of Bill Gates, the founder of Microsoft. Huge net worth, highly successful, but also very focused on giving and on philanthropy. Why do you do what you do? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Well, Matt, I can tell you this, and especially in South Africa, it's definitely not about the money. Uh, we don't get paid enough. We got to love what we do. It's about making a difference in people's lives. It's about helping those around me, meeting new people, developing and using my platform to help people in need through my book and personal branding to enjoying myself on the red carpet, having a good party and just learning and being excited about what's around me and being around people who are powerful and creative. I really love that I get into it and it really makes me get out of bed in the morning. And I guess that's the last question. What gets me out of bed in the morning? Being able to do something of value, being surrounded by positive, inspiring people, living my best life, not sweating the small stuff. And if you want to know more about what makes me tick, you can Facebook me at Jen Sue. That's J-E-N, last name S-U. Tweet me at Jennifer underscore Sue and on Instagram at Jen Sue one 
Thank you so much, Matt. And I wish you all the best and success. So there you have it, guys. Keep building your personal brand. It really will pay off in the end. And remember, if you would like to get more information about branding, communications, and entrepreneurship, simply subscribe to my new show, The Matt Brown Minute, on iTunes, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So until next time. The Matt Brown Show. This is the Matt Brown Show. Matt Brown Show. Ever wanted to become a best-selling author? Well, I'm in the influence business and I work with business owners and CEOs and business leaders to help them scale their influence. And we do this as a team by helping you to become a best-selling author, sought-after speaker and industry influencer in only 30 days. My team and I have developed a system that delivers a best-selling book and a launch campaign 300% faster and 50% less cost than anyone else in North America. This system is incredibly efficient. One of my clients Haiku went from a 2% share of voice globally to an 11% share of voice globally in only seven days. If you'd like more information, head on over to showworksmedia.com for more. That is showworks with an X.com.